Hello and welcome to another episode of the SBK Betting Podcast. I'm Adam Bayliss, not Jess Stafford. She is sunning herself at, in uh, California at the, at, the, at the Breeders' Cup. However, I am joined as ever by the gruesome twosome, Mr. Tom Collins and Mr. Ross Miller, who's looking incredibly fresh in a hoodie. Jumps, jumps are back. The turtleneck's not out quite yet. How are you both? I'm good, Adam. Yeah, as I said to you before, I'm in a in a hoodie because I've just come off the yard, got absolutely drenched. Um, so not only do the turtlenecks need to come out, but uh, the waterproofs need to get found from somewhere as well. But uh, yeah, maybe a fresh new look for a fresh new jump season. Love it. And Tom's looking very smart there. Ross and I have swapped attire. It's crazy. I'm the one that's usually wearing the hoodie. Ross is in a shirt, but you know, jump season rather than flat. Different people now. Amen. Right, well, let's get into it. Look, the jumps are back. I don't know how many times I've said that over the last week, but they are actually back. Um, at Weatherby and Ascot, while the burning embers of the flat season still flicker at new markets. Um, but let's stay over obstacles to, to begin with and look first at the, at the West Yorkshire hurdle at Weatherby. It's 2.21. Um, we're recording today just after decks have, have come out, so you'll have to excuse, excuse if, if prices are a little bit skew-if. But uh, Time Hill is almost certainly going to head the market and go off favourite here with Dashiell Drasher in behind. Um, is this going to go to one of the pensioners at the top of the market, Ross, or is, is there is something better lurking? Yeah, I mean, if, if ever a race tells you how lacking in depth this division is, is this, isn't it? Um, I, I just fail to see that Time Hill is as as good as he was i i know he won at kempton and it was a grade one but he fell over the line to my mind on that occasion that was over fences then came back tried hurdles at the back end of the season and he he just looked at a lesser light now there is an argument that the philip hobbs yard wasn't in great form now and obviously is now the the johnson white and philip hobbs yard and they have been amongst the winners um, so far this season but he's just a horse that i think taking a price like this in a race like this um, when he's not top rated um, is, is just not for me. Dashiell Drasher, yes, he's a pensioner, but he did nothing but go out on his sword every single time last season. He's an absolutely lovable horse, you know, gives his all every time, fences and and hurdles. They had said they were going to look at fences a bit more this year. So I think given he was entered in, in the Charlie Hall and in this, Jeremy Scott's done a bit of the work for you there in that uh, he thinks this is a, a more straightforward uh, target. He's rated £4 superior to, to um, Time Hill. He's rated, obviously, vastly superior to everything else. And yet he gets 11 Well, he's rated £11 higher than Botox uh, has. He gets £4 from him. He's rated £17 higher than Ambitious Fellow and gets £4 from him. Um, and yet he's not a short price favourite. I think he should be. Um, he loves soft ground. This is, you know, he's going to be ready to go because this is probably his his stay as hurdle for the for the year. Um, I, I just don't see what's not to like about him, to be honest. In a, in what I see as a, a weak heat. Okay, and Tom, are you are you in agreement? I'm in agreement that Dashiell Drasher should be favourite for sure. Um, he is value at the price, but I thought the Botox has has similar kind of claims, despite the fact, as Ross says, he has plenty to find on official ratings, but he's a much younger horse, you know, Botox has may not have fully developed into the, the real hurdler uh, that Gary Moore thinks he can be. Last season, he progressed around £10 and there is still further progression there, especially given last year, he posted a really easy victory uh, and backed that up with a fourth place finish in the Cleve hurdle as well. Um, I'm going to take a chance on Botox has at the prices. Look, it's not the best punting race. And given it's early jump season and I'm still very much in flat mode, I will not be having a bet here. Um, 
But Botox has, with that record fresh, uh, form figures 1-1, F2, first time up each season, will probably be more primed for this than the likes of Time Hill and Dashiell Drasher, in my opinion, and he's a slightly bigger price. And, and Kaelin Quinn's on board. We like Kaelin Quinn, don't we, we Ross? We do, yeah. I, I mean, I, uh, Botox has is a horse I like. I actually put him up on this podcast last year when he, when he won at Haydock. Um, just can be a bit hit and miss. But yeah, Kaelin Quinn... I can't believe he still claims what he claims. He seems to have been around for a while, seems to do very little wrong, ride plenty of winners, and yet he's still got a, a, a decent claim. Um, definitely a jockey that, uh, you know, certainly wouldn't uh, put you off. For all that Jamie Moore is probably just always on, in, in these sort of races, he's so strong, perhaps worth an extra pound or two. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't, I can't disagree with with either of the of the guys here. I'll be keeping one eye on ambitious fellow for for Peter Fry. He's obviously interesting that he comes comes over here and and that win at Galway last time out is probably worth a bit more than than it showed on on bare form. So, it'd be interesting to see how he he goes. Right, the Charlie Hall Chase. I could make some sort of quip about the jumps are back. There's only four runners in a grade two, blah, 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 blah. But I won't because it's a pretty decent grade two, right? You know, like Brave Man's Game. There's the market. Uh, Ahoy Senor in here. Gentleman's Game, not far behind. Midnight River's obviously no slouch. Um, Ross, are you a brave man or a gentleman? <laughs> well, you'd have, to, you'd have to ask other people that, uh, Adam. Um, <laughs> look, I mean, Brave Man's Game is, is, is the best horse in this race, you know, and, and the ratings show that he's rated 172, Hoy Senor, 169, Midnight River, 156, and Gentleman's Game, 154. The first one I want to put a line through is Hoy Senor. Great horse in the spring. He's he's by uh, Dylan Thomas. He wants good ground. He's not going to get that here. He ran pretty poorly in this last season, finished fifth to five. And they know that that's not a problem for them because they know he can step forward through the season. Um, he was still running pretty well in the Gold Cup. So I think they've got unfinished business there. So that will undoubtedly be the target for him. So could happily put a line through him. Brave Man's game, as I said, rated 172, but he ran to 164 to win this last year. And I have the opinion that they had him primed and ready to go for this last year because although he'd won over three miles as a novice, there was lots of talk that he was, and I certainly felt that he was weak at the finish over three miles. He'd had a wind up. Um, I think they had him ready for this last year to, to convince themselves that they stayed three miles in open company because that was going to shape what they did for the for the rest of the season. Um, he's probably not at his best on, on soft ground. I think he wants slightly better ground. Um, you know, they took him out at Charlton when the ground was soft previously. Um, so as a consequence, I want to take him on. And if I work on the basis at 164 or thereabouts might be good enough to, to win it, Midnight River gets £4, so he's effectively 158. Gentleman's Game gets £4, he's effectively uh, 160. Uh, they get six, sorry. Um, so I'm quite happy to, to split my stake between the two of them. Gentleman's Game loves soft ground. He's a soft ground out and out. Um, had good form last year. At the back end of the year, he was absolutely woeful at the beginning of the year, came back, put it together over uh, fences at Leopardstown and actually beat the future uh, Irish Grand National winner, Ian Maximus. Now, I know that's over two mile five and Ian Maximus obviously improved for the for the Irish National trip. Um, but his hurdle form wasn't all that bad at the back end um, of the season before. He, he was third behind uh, Classical Dreamer, Willie Mullins, who's a, a good horse on his day on on decent ground, which wouldn't have suited gentlemen's game. His return behind Easy Game at the start of this season was again on soft ground, two mile four, stuck on really well in the closing stages, just got outpaced at a crucial time. Um, I think he's got everything going for him. He's got a prep run uh, against these. 
Um, and I think at uh, four to one, he's, he's a decent price. But I also don't want to leave uh, Midnight River alone either. I was at Ain't You Anyone last year. He was traveling much the best for pretty much the entirety of the race and then landed a bit flat footed from the back of two out and briefly looked in trouble got alongside jumping the last and was valuing my opinion for more than the winning margin there i thought he stayed on really strongly he's won on soft ground when winning a two mile four handicap at Cheltenham, which is competitive he's won around the track and uh two two weeks ago at uh, chepstow uh the skeletons upset uh, paul nichols favorite napper's hill they had their horse there um, absolutely primed and ready to go. And I think this might well have been the target. I think the Skeletons will know that uh, Brave Man's game is not going to be at his best. And if they've got a chance of landing a decent pot Midnight River now, who's who's getting to that dangerous level of being out of handicaps and perhaps not a top-class graded chaser, this might be the target. Um, so I'll take those two against the uh, more fancied uh, two in the market. Yeah, I mean, Paul Nichols' horses look to have sort of taken a, a bit of a while to to come. Well, I say a bit of a while. The season's still young, but you know, but perhaps less time than usual to 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 come to hand. And conditions are going to be pretty pretty brutal, I'm sure, by the time Saturday rolls around. Uh, TC, I gather it's probably brave man's game for you. Yeah, there's no point playing games here, guys. Um, oh, I've been waiting waiting about five minutes for that one. Didn't really go down as well as I was expecting. Um, look, Brave Man's Game is definitely the horse to beat. Last year, I was probably his big, biggest critic when everyone else was uh, hyping him up, you know, after Cheltenham. Uh, I was saying he didn't stay and everyone thought he did. And, you know, I wasn't really a massive fan. I just think he's the best horse in this race and has to win. Um, you know, last year in this, in this contest, he jumped amazingly well. He went fresh. You know, he's fresh this time around. Paul Nichols, yes, he's, his horses haven't necessarily come to form as quickly, but he is 30% in the last two weeks. So, there's a little boost there as well for his chance. And, you know, the ratings tell you he is the horse to beat no matter what. And when I looked at the other runners in this field, I completely agree with Ross. I don't like a horse in your, I say this every year at this time of the season, that he is an entry horse for the spring. He doesn't uh, run well at the early part of the year. This is when he goes and wins. Um, but he, doesn't, he didn't jump well in this race last time around. Uh, he was right out of the back, made a litany of mistakes. And he's not for me. Gentleman's game, I'm not convinced over fences that he is as good as he was over hurdles. Uh, plus, he's super unexposed and must have had some kind of issue or he takes his race hard because he doesn't uh, race very often at all. Um, so Midnight River is my idea of the biggest danger and he's a fair price. But I just, if I'm putting up the most logical winner and it's only, there's no each way option in this race, it has to be Brave Man's game. Well, time will tell if you're a brave man or not, CC. Anything else at Weatherby or Ascot for either of you? Uh, just at Ascot, and it'll be a horse TC remembers, uh, just to watch. And uh, bumpers are not a, a betting medium for me, certainly not at this time of year. But uh, Sam Thomas runs a horse called Celtic Dino. Gorgeous big chestnut horse who we were fortunate enough to see when we went and visited Sam last year. He was entered in at uh, Cheltenham and was then a non-runner. Sam's had a couple of bumper horses run quite well lately. Um, if you were the sort of person that wanted to have a, a punt in a, in a bumper, you won't see a better bumper, better looking bumper horse all season. And if there was a bit of money around for him, that might be noticeable because I think they probably have a bit of a line on where he stands against some of the bumper horses that run already this season. And Ross, sorry, it's remiss of me to ask whether you had anything at air. I didn't even know there was action over, over obstacles there. Uh, yeah, uh, there, I had a couple of air, but they weren't, weren't uh, declared. So I had a, I had a, Long list, and I've got it down to a short list. So, uh, Nap and Next Best come from uh, Ascot and Weatherby. Okie dokes. Uh, TC, anything for you over obstacles? 
Only Celtic Dino in that bumper. Literally, uh, as Ross has said there, we went to Sam Thomas's yard last year to do a, a feature and we saw this horse and we were both taken by how he looks. I did get a notification via email from a tracker saying Celtic Dino was running this weekend. So he's the only other one. To be honest, I haven't looked in depth at the cards aside from uh, the Charlie Will Chase and the West Yorkshire Hurdle. Okay, great. Now, before we get into into Newmarket, because I know that's where your your nap and, and next best comes from, TC, we must uh, give a plug to the special Breeders' Cup podcast that will be live on Saturday that covers all of Saturday night's action. Uh, you don't want to miss that. The authority, Tom Collins, will be breaking down all the, all the selections. So that's definitely one to to keep an eye out for before you get involved in, in that on Saturday night. We should probably ask Ross, actually. Anything for the Breeders' uh, Cup? I was, I've been... Desperate to see River Tiber over further than six furlongs all season. Um, I see he's running over a mile, but with a bend. So from what little I know about Breeders' Cup races, that pretty much lends itself to horses for seven furlongs. He's going to love the ground, surely. I'm not sure what his draw is like, um, but I see that Ryan Moore has chosen him over um, the other um, O'Brien horse. Um, he's a horse I love, and I was disappointed with how he finished his season because I thought he would have kicked on from uh, his Coventry win at Royal Ascot. So he'd certainly be one uh, that uh, I think will suit. And then give me the beat boys. I thought might just be the sort of horse that uh, likes the conditions out in America. Okay, love it. A couple there from Ross. And like I say, uh, keep your keep your eyes peeled to the, the YouTube channel on Spotify for, for the Breeders' Cup Special Edition podcast that should be live on Saturday right new markets so we've got the rearranged horace hill stakes here uh james seymour stakes some decent enough racing providing it, go- it goes ahead tom do you want to lead us off yeah nap and next best both come from new market as you say hopefully it goes ahead the ground's already heavy rain is uh forecast so uh fingers crossed that it gets the all clear uh my nap is going to be new chelsea who runs in the one mile one furlong nursery uh, which we run at 1 p.m he's a son of new bay so he's bred to handle give underfoot and he's still showing signs of inexperience early in his career. For example, he didn't change his lead in his penultimate outing where he should have won on the all-weather. Uh, but he's quite clearly got a lot of ability. He handles testing conditions as proven by last time up. Now, that race last time came at Newbury. Uh, he drew miles clear with a wicked turn of foot on soft ground, but got run down late by an extremely fast-finishing stablemate who was unbeaten and has won against since. Uh, I think the winner's pretty smart. And the fact that new Chelsea got very close to him uh, is a tick in the box. He's got an opening mark of 87, which I think is fair. And albeit he does give weight away, he's definitely the horse to beat for Wraith Beckett. Uh, my next best comes in the 1227, which um, is the Horace Hill, the Group 3. Uh, and I initially really liked the Wraith Beckett trained Valvano in this heat. I thought it would have been a good thing because his debut was phenomenal at Nottingham on similar ground. But unfortunately, he hasn't been declared. So I'm jumping ship to a horse called 10 Bob Tony. Now, he's an extremely flashy horse with white socks. You cannot miss him uh, in the paddock and the prelims. Technically, he's got a lot to find on official ratings. £10 with a horse called Son of Man and £8 with a horse called Orn. But at the same time, this is a late developing two-year-old who needs testing uh, ground underfoot. And last time up at Salisbury, where he was given a far more positive ride, I thought he was excellent. He's only going to improve from there. And <clears throat> the conditions definitely won't suit the majority of these. So I'm hoping that he'll get straight on the front end and just gallop them all into submission. Love it. Okay, I'm going to follow up, uh, TC, with a few more for you at, at Newmarket, uh, going in the 1.02pm primeval for Harry and Roger Charlton. Kevin Stott on board, who's formed a, a pretty decent record, actually, for the for the Charlton's this year, I think running, running at about a 30% strike rate. You can draw a line through that that run at Kempton last time. 
pace was all over the shop. Um, this is a beautifully bred horse. Lope de Vega, uh, uh, passage of time, should make a mockery of this field, I think. And and I, I don't think you can have too many concerns about the about the ground based on breeding either. Then the nap for me in the 322, the, the James Seymour Stakes, Pride of America, um, who's shown a, a bucket load of improvement this season after a, after a wind up, won the John Smith Cup at York, um, beat Keith Chorister, who's obviously since won a Group 3. No shame in his second last time out in the Duneside Cup at Air to, to Royal Rhyme. That, that ran well in the Champion Stake last time out. So, yeah, Pride of America obviously handles conditions really well. Um, Piranha goes ahead. So that's Pride of America and Primeval for me. Ross, let's go back to Ascot then for your nap and next best. Yeah, jump racing in the jump season, shall we? Um, and just 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 while you were both waxing lyrical about your your good selections at Newmarket in flat racing in November, um, I just had a look at the air declarations, and there are two that uh, probably be just horses to watch, but uh, two uh, Nicky Richards horses, Florida Dream, who won the Aintree Grade Two bumper. Um, I was asked the other day about a race to follow from last season. If you were going to follow the form of just one race, I would level it. If you followed that and back pretty much the first 10 or dozen that finished in that, you would end this season in profit. I thought it was a really, really good race. He won that in good fashion. He starts off over hurdles in the 12 o'clock. And then another horse, famous bridge in the Hemmings colours. I think this horse has still got plenty of upside. Uh, he goes in the 215. So uh, depending on what price they were, I might have a little look, but they're certainly interesting horses for the season. And then to come back to the, the nap and the next best, the nap uh, comes in the 1255 at Ascot conditional riders race. Um, Freddie Gordon won one of these at Cheltenham uh, last week and was really impressive in doing so. Very composed, knew exactly what he wanted to do and executed it beautifully. And he now gets the leg up for, for, uh, Nicky Henderson on a horse called Immortal, who's only run twice, but captured my imagination. I mean, jumping the first hurdle at Sand on his debut, he is just the most gorgeous horse. He looks like an embryonic chaser. Um, and on that uh, initial run at Sandown, got within six lengths of authorised speed, who's a 1-3-3 rated horse, loves soft ground and loves Sandown. Um, I thought that was a really impressive debut. He was then perhaps on the face of it a little bit uh, disappointing on his second start, again back at uh, Sandown, where he looked to get tired on what was desperate Sandown ground and finished uh, about uh, 14 lengths behind 1-3-2 rated Gavega, also from uh, Gary Moyard, also who thrives at Sandown and on testing conditions, but finished six lengths in front of a Mamoon star who's with Fergal O'Brien, who's got a mark of 114. Um, he comes here now, Immortal, off an opening mark of 110. It's, uh, you know, a sort of standing uh, joke on social media, isn't it, that everything comes back in bigger and stronger. But he would certainly look to me to be the sort of horse that would have benefited for another summer at grass. He was a big shell of a horse. Um, Freddie Gordon takes six pound off. Nicky Henderson's horses will step forward, but I don't think he would have to be at full fitness to uh, win this off 110. I see him as being potentially 130, 140 horse in the future. I think he's got absolutely untold potential and I'd be disappointed if he didn't win this on the way to stepping on to better things and my next best Ross I should I, I, I should interrupt quickly that that race that Immortal was second in and uh, sound on, on debut that was won by Constitution Hill for the Henderson Yard as well right so they're not going to run a they're not going to yeah, run a poor one in that. absolutely and and you know there was plenty of chat about him and you know, if, if you've got two minutes, if, you, if you're not watching Newmarket in between all the greats jump racing, go and have a look at that run and you'll see what I mean. He is just the absolute most 
gorgeous animal you set your eyes on. Um, I'm really excited to see what he's done physically over the summer. And I, I, I do think he's going to be significantly better than 110 by the end of the season. Next best uh, goes to, to Weatherby. And it's the 115. Uh, it's the Sam Drinkwater train, Gallic Geordie. Sam Drinkwater is a trainer I've got plenty of time for. He's very smart, operates at a very decent level with a fairly small team. Um, and whenever he sends his horses up north, he's uh, actually based a memory on the M5. If ever he goes north, they're worth following because he doesn't travel them for the, the tea and biscuits. Um, this horse was a comfortable winner at, over course and distance of 109 last season. Um, he then went to Newcastle and was only uh, one and a half lengths behind uh, a horse that's now rated 114 called One Mill Harbour, and he was giving him nine pounds. Um, I think uh, that trip of two miles there probably was just a touch on the short side. He loves this two mile three trip. Soft ground suits him down to the ground. James Bowen, I thought, was an eye-catching uh, jockey booking. Um, and albeit that it's his first time out, which always comes with, you know, a, a few sort of... Um, unknowns i'd be surprised if they're going to weatherby just for a, for a pipe opener so gallic geordie in the 115 is the next best love it okay let's do a recap of all the selections because we've jumped around quite quite a bit today so we'll start with the with the west yorkshire hurdle there where ross you like dashel drasher tc you're siding with botox Hass. then in the charlie hall chase tc's with brave man's game and ross you're splitting stakes between the midnight river and gentleman's game perfect knew we get there then tc over at newmarket and napa next best new chelsea in the 137 p.m and 10 bob tony in the 12 27 p.m i like primeval in the 107 and pride of america in the 322 ross is nap is immortal in the 1255 uh which based on a strong case, I'm definitely going to be with. And the next best there is Gallic Geordie in the 115 at Weatherby. Actually, we can't forget as well, Ross's Breeders' Cup selection, River, River Tiber. Make sure you get that in the, in the, in the ACA for the, for the weekend as well. The, 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 the uh, invite to the Breeders' Cup pod must have gone to my uh, junk mail, so I, I will get back and reply <laughs> as uh, soon as I can. Yeah, I think that one went second class. After I'll, I'll, I'll chase them up in the office about it. <laughs> Right, bit of, bit of housekeeping. As always, you customers get £30 in free bets when you bet £10 with SBK. T's and C's do apply, and there'll be plenty of other offers across the platform through the weekends with regards to racing multiples, football multiples. Download SBK, sign up, and you'll find all out all about them. Um, one last plug for the Breeders' Cup pod. That's Saturday, and uh, I wish you both the very best of luck over the weekend. 